Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today's Tuesday, January 30th. This is episode number 234. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Hey, Rod, good. Uh, you know, that week off last week really helped me get caught up on some things. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it was a week off. Um, we didn't record last week, but I mean, we've been recording like near the end of the week. And so more like three, four days off. So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not so, a lot. Browns going, Browns wise going on right now. And, and you know, the, the playoffs have been less than stellar. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of games have gone the way I hope they would, but a couple have not. So, um, well, yeah, at least, at least the Ravens so, yeah. got beat. Yeah, Ravens got beat. Um, yeah, hoping to see the Lions, but that that's, I mean, right. based on who was left. But, uh, right. but yeah, I mean, honestly, once the Browns are out of it, I, I'm not going to, you know, say that I really cared that much about right. it. But right. anyways, so, but what you said is exactly right. You know, we took a week off. We both had some stuff to catch up on. Uh, didn't miss too much Brown stuff. Uh, nothing we can't catch up on tonight. And yep. here to help us catch up on Browns and, and just have some fun talking about uh, the team we love is is Jason Carruthers. You can follow him at Carruthers Jason. Hey, Jason, how are things going? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Good, good. So, uh, so Jason, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Because you are not just the average Browns fan. <laughs> well, I, from a very early age, I realized that I enjoyed uh, being the center of attention. I used to do the curly shuffle at weddings and stuff like that. Then in uh, 2005, the Cleveland Cavaliers had a fat guy dance team called Beefcake on the Lake. I don't know if you remember that or not, uh, but I was on I was on that team. And then my buddy a few years ago before COVID, uh, we're going up to the Pumpkinhead tailgate. And he was friends with all the guys. And so I would just uh, go up and I'm always been the fat guy. I wanted to take my shirt off and dance and make a fool of myself. So the DJ told my buddy, he goes, man, he goes, your your friend is tons of fun. So that name stuck. And I've just tried to. Every year, add a little bit more to it. I'm a big fan of 80s wrestling and superheroes, so I figured why well, go with the mask and the the wrestling, the junkyard dog chain. And uh, so, by me, my, my, I mean, one of my first Browns memories is the uh, whenever they came back against the Jets, down by 10, two minutes left to go. And then, unfortunately, my most vivid memory is uh, turning on the radio in the car as Denver kicked the field goal <laughs> to win the drive game. So <laughs> my memories start with a lot of heartache. <laughs> I've lived through it all. The only one yeah. I didn't live through was Red Right 88. <laughs> well, we got that covered for you. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, since, uh, you know, in our lifetime, we haven't we haven't seen a title. So even the great seasons kind of end negatively, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, just kind of the way it is, you know, even the, you know, the playoff game this year and that, but, yeah. you know, I don't know about you. I, um, we talked about it on the last show, but man, this season was just a lot of fun. Just a, just a great team, you know, just, just a, a great team to follow, um, an easy team to like as far as the players and everything. 
Um, you know, not every game went the way we wanted it to, and and some of them were pretty hard to watch because <laughs> they went down to down to the end. Um, we we all probably aged a little bit this season, <laughs> but man, it it was it was just a fun team to watch and root for this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I certainly think we all had the same feeling when Nick Chubb went down. You know, I mean, that was like, you know, took the air out of everybody. Yeah, season's done, and then, you know, Watson struggles, has one fantastic half of football, and we're thinking this this is okay. Maybe this is the right decision. Maybe he's going to, you know, be the answer franchise quarterback, and then he goes down. And yeah, if you would, I think if you would told any of us that this is the way the season was going to end, even if it was a horrible loss to Houston, I think we all would have been would have taken it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I I just had this image of of like, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not a, a huge Rocky aficionado, but you know, like maybe the first <laughs> Rocky movie when he's out there and just just getting punched and punched and punched yeah. and punched <laughs> and he just stays out there, just yeah. keeps fighting. That's kind that's of every Rocky team. movie. <laughs> well, that's pretty, you're right. It's pretty much every one. I guess I couldn't go wrong there, but yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he, you know, it, the punches just kept coming this year. Yeah. And the Absolutely. Just, I've never seen a season like that. <laughs> yeah. The team just kept going though, you know? Yeah. So um, just, just, uh, just love watching and rooting for this team. So I think yeah, it's a, I, I think it's a team we're gonna remember. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just, oh yeah, just what they did. And Flacco is such a good dude to root for. I mean, that's I think that really was the clinch pin that you know he was so easy and so much fun to root for that that this that that clinched it there. Yeah, and I don't know about you. I think um, you know when they signed him, we're all like, eh, you know, right. I don't know, I didn't really think he was that great when he's with the Ravens yeah. and then all of a sudden you watch him play and it's like, man, <laughs> this guy's got something. So, yeah. so yeah, definitely, definitely, um, help make the season special. So, yes, sir. So guys, um, the Browns, uh, um, I think we, I think we covered it on the last show when, the, when the Browns let, uh, yeah, when the Browns let, some of the coaches go. Um, so since then they've, they've brought some guys in. So let, let's kind of talk about these guys they brought in, kind of get your thoughts. And, um, you know, I, I don't know about you guys. I, Jeff and I talked about it last time, Jason, but you know, didn't really have anything against any of the coaches that were like, Oh, I think, you know, um, it, it, it's probably a matter of them wanting just a change, maybe a new voice. Um, you know, maybe get something going, maybe, um, you know, just just maybe have some of the players learn something new. Um, I, I don't think it's that any of those guys are necessarily doing anything wrong. Um, I, they just probably felt like it was time for a change for some of these guys. So um, and it's funny, you look and, and some of these guys were fired from prior gigs. I guess it's just what happens, you know, um, yeah. so. Um, this is not not in any particular order. I don't think it's in order of hire or anything, but um, some of it might be. It's just the order I wrote it down. But um, <laughs> that, they they hired Deuce Staley as the running backs coach, and you know he's fired by the uh, lowly Carolina Panthers. You're thinking, man, we're we're, we're bringing in the, the Panthers running backs coach who got fired. You know, worst team in the league. What the heck are we doing? But um, I mean, Deuce Staley's uh, 
a guy who was in the league a long time. I don't, you know, I don't really know how good a coach he is. So, um, I guess we'll find out. Um, you know, I, I think his, how he's seen as a coach is probably going to be, uh, direct, have a direct correlation to how quickly Nick Chubb comes back and how well he plays. So <laughs> what do you guys think? What do you guys think of that hire? Jeff, you want to kick that one off? Well, yeah, well, maybe, you know, if, if we can't figure out a way to get more than one yard on first down in the <laughs> fall, um, dudes can strap on the shoulder pads. And, you know, <laughs> maybe he can do it. <laughs> go, go show those guys how to get some positive yardage on first down. Um, yeah, I think you're right, right? You know, it's, it's voice change. Um, it's, you know, sort of bringing in some guys with some, some different personalities, Um Dew Springs, um, you know, real competitive nature, uh, you know, um, a NFL experience, something they can look up to. Not that Stump Mitchell didn't do the same thing, but, right. um, you know, just I, I think they they needed some different voices in, in the rooms um, on offense. And, you know, we kind of been looking for that for a while. This offense has really been a chameleon. It's never really found an identity, you know, just. And part of that's out of necessity just because of so many different quarterbacks and, you know, moving pieces. But, um, I mean, yeah, running back coach, um, some experiences as an assistant head coach. So pretty highly thought of around the league, both as a player and as a coach, I think. So, you know, it brings, brings that leadership voice to the running back room where, you know, I, I think outside of Nick Chubb, who is really still kind of a question mark, um, a lot of young guys in that room, and and um, probably that that veteran leadership will will serve us well. So, what do you think, Jason? I think that was the only firing that, whenever I heard it, I was really surprised at. Um, I just know the the amount of respect that he has in that locker room. Hmm. Um, I mean, I know we had a uh, you know bad yard per you know gain average last year. It wasn't what we normally have, but you know. You didn't have your elite running back of the league. Uh, your piecemeal and running backs, piecemeal and offensive line. I mean, I I don't know what the reason behind it is. I just know, uh, you know, I just know he had so much respect in that building yep. that I mean, it's going to be definitely yeah. one of those ones we're going to have to wait and see because you know that like that's that's the only one I was like, wow, I cannot believe that you got rid of Stomp. He seemed like a really good dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you guys, and I led this off saying he was fired by Carolina, but I think Carolina probably cleaned house. Anyway, yeah, it was a so result of really, a coaching change. <laughs> yeah, coaching so, change, so yeah. really nothing gets him there. Yeah. So, um, no, no. Mo- good running why back, most of these guys are available. Yeah. Well, so I'm sure someone to pick up stunt, so, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get a good reputation. You're going to be around. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's just – it's just finding the fit and, um, you know, um, it, it's probably a little bit of luck too, you know, I mean, uh, just, uh, the production because it, it's seven guys healthy on, on the line and, you know, in the backfield yeah. and, um, just the way things work out. So, so, but, yeah. um, stump had a great run here. So, yeah. so, uh, so let's move on to the, uh, the defensive line coach, um, apparently the Browns have two right now. So, um, 
Um, uh, Jacques Cesaire. Am I saying that right, guys? Close enough. Okay. Yeah, sounds good to me. That's um, <laughs> that's that's um, that's the best pronunciation I could find. Um, <laughs> so he was the defensive line coach in Houston for I think a couple years. Played in the league for a while. Um, has some other coaching experience, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, and um, so Ben Bloom was the. Uh, defensive line coach last year and um was what the uh what 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 they call his position um or his uh his um, what he did the season before was it um run game coordinator or something like that um it, it's something that sounds offensive but it's defensive <laughs> um, right. right yeah so so um they haven't let him go, so the thought is he may go back to that position or or coach something else, or or who knows he may he may leave the Browns. So hard yeah. to say, but um, do you guys have thoughts on on this hire or know much about him? Well, I would, I would just say that you know he's sort of a uh, um, player makes good kind of story, you know, came in as a UDFA to the Chargers in 03, um, same year as Antonio Gates, by the way. And um, he, I think, developed into a team leader by example, which, um, you know, is something that the Browns look for in coaches and, and in players. You know, the, yeah. they want guys who are going to go out on the field and, and demonstrate leadership. And, and I think that's kind of his strong suit. Um, it's got to be a dream job for him, you know, I mean, coming in <laughs> and, and right, coaching Miles Garrett and you yeah. know, all the talent that we have on this defensive line. Um, but I, th- I think, again, it's, it's, you know, the right voice is what they're, they're trying to find to, to really – find that cohesiveness in these, in these various, um, rooms. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe the, 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 the excitement factor, uh, Jim Schwartz and, you know, he can sort of be that, that, um, back up to Schwartz and, and, um, mm-hmm. motivating guys and, and helping them get in the right position. I mean, part of the, the thing with our defensive line this year, I think was, you know, a, a jab, adapt, adapting to Schwartz's approach, um, while still staying staying fundamentally disciplined, and mm-hmm. at times they got outside that. Um, and, and I think what Schwartz wants to see is that get corrected. You know, so um, you know you're not getting gashed on the run in the run game from time to time, and so forth. So, right. Another voice that 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 brings that discipline and, and that veteran experience. You know, nine years with the Chargers, I think it was. Um, you know, that's, that's gotta help. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, I, go ahead, Jason. Sorry. I think, well, I was just going to say that, uh, I think if, I think if this was a hire done under the last regime, the, our last DC, it might be questions, but Hey, if this is what Schwartz wants, uh, this is what Schwartz gets. You know, I, I, I excited to see what he's been doing. And like you said, when you got miles, they've done a good job of getting a few other guys and pieces to take the, the double, triple teams off miles, moving around some. So, you know, if, if this is what Jim Schwartz wants, then go ahead and get it for him. Yep. Yeah. Our dirt. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, the uh, tight tight ends coach, Tom, Tom, Tommy Rees from, uh, was the uh, OC at Alabama. 
So mm -hmm. uh, somewhat of a, a pedigree um, he, he brings in. I'm not sure how long he was at Alabama. To be honest. Well, he was just there one year. Up, so. uh, one year. He was OC at Notre Dame prior to that. Okay. Um, yeah. That's so right. he's yeah. So he's got some OC experience. Um, I mean, he's only 31 years old. So um, young buck. Play, play, yeah, played at yeah. Notre Dame. He's a quarterback at Notre Dame. Um, I think what's interesting about him is, um, you know, the the Browns are probably playing the long game here. You know, with a with a guy that that they could potentially develop into an offensive coordinator down the road, mm -hmm. bright young offensive mind that. You know, I, I think that's kind of the, the innovation factor that he brings, I hope. Um, you know, we're looking for the next Josh McDaniels, right, um, that that can can sort of set the tone offensively. Um, you know, he's, again, young guy. That's probably a few years down the road. But um, that, that may be the, the role they're looking for him to play. Interesting. I would just... I I went to school with Josh just to put that out there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. We'll be Bulldog graduates. <laughs> so, so, so Jason, I think um, when TC McCartney was, uh, was let go as the, the tight ends coach, I, I kind of scratched my head. I'm like, man, Njoku made the Pro Bowl this year. It's like his best yeah. season. And we let our tight right. ends coach go. You, it, it almost feels like they had this hierarchy kind of lined up or in mind, you know, as this is where this guy's going to fit in or they can bring him in, you know, um, where he'd fit best for right now. Um, you know, no offense to, you know, no offense to McCartney um, <laughs> on what he did last season. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that actually happened or not, but it, it just kind of feels like like they didn't really need to replace the tight ends coach, but they yeah. wanted to bring in Tommy Reese to to a spot somewhere. Right. And, and that's just kind yeah. of where they where they decided to make the move. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, you said that was a good point that it might be a, a long game move, you know, because like you said, when, yeah. the joke we tore it up this year, I mean, you know, he was. Great team leader. He really developed into a good leader on the team and was, you know, tearing it up on the field. So, you know, it, it brings the question. And there again, is we'll, we'll have to reevaluate at the end of the season to see if it was the right move or not. Right. Yeah. But 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 who else are we going to have in that room in the fall? You know, that that's the next question, right? That we're yeah. we're going to get into over the coming weeks. Um, could mm -hmm. be some young players. Um, mm -hmm. You know, could be some other free agents. Um, you know, just depending on what the offense looks like um you know what kind of guys are we looking to fill that room out with um so there's there's beyond beyond just you know getting the most out of njoku um i think there's a role there for molding all the rest of those guys yeah yeah and yeah i would think that you're gonna see at least one new face there if not two yeah, a couple. So, yeah. but yeah, we have lots of time to talk about that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so Jason, I think the uh, the most controversial hire was uh, was the was the OC um, Ken Dorsey. Yeah. So he he was fired in Buffalo. Uh, I'm not sure partway through this season. Um, yeah. 
a lot of people have come to his defense, including Josh Allen and and I think Cam Newton and some other people. As you know, and yeah. and the stats are there to yeah. show how well he did with some of these guys. Um, you know, my first thought when they said Ken Dorsey was, I'm like, are you kidding me? Why are we why are we bringing him in? And then I started hearing all this stuff, and I thought, well, maybe I need to look at it a little bit closer. So, yeah. so, so, Jason, how how do you feel about this hire at this point? I mean, I think there yes, I think if this move would have been made uh, a couple, you know, before this year. I think people would have probably been more excited about it because we know Stefanski is a great offensive play caller, but the question up until this year was Stefanski's in-game management trying to do both because we know the Alex Van Pelt was not calling plays. Uh, So I I think, you know, Stefanski's this year's game management was a whole lot better than it has been in the past. So, I mean, to me, Ken Dorsey's, I mean, it's just going to be a figurehead is, I cannot see any way that Savancy is going to play calling. So, I mean, what, I guess game prep, you know, stuff like that is what Dorsey's going to be doing because, you know, I, I don't I don't see any way in the world Savancy's <laughs> not. I mean, if he didn't let Alex Van Pelt do it as many years as he was in the system, I doubt he's going to let Dorsey come in and do it after one off season. Yeah. What, Jeff, let's, let's get your thoughts on Dorsey first. And then let's get into that that uh, whole idea of what he's actually going to do with the Browns. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, like you, Rod, I was you know when I heard Ken Dorsey, I was kind of like meh, you know. Um, yeah. But um, I think you know going into this past season on defense, we were looking for the rah rah guy, right? The mm-hmm. the, the motivator, the you know, mm-hmm. Get in your face, the scream and yell guy. Everybody talks Quite an about Kev- Yeah, you know Kevin Stefanski is you know too level headed. Yeah. You know, it doesn't you know doesn't get emotional and stuff. Well, Ken Dorsey does. <laughs> Ken Dorsey's going to be a screamer. He's going to be a throw equipment Good. guy. Um, Good. You know, so so you know maybe that's the piece that they're looking for from him. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the yin to, to Stefanski's level headed yang. Yeah. You know. Um, as far as the play calling goes, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he's got some experience with play calling and that, you know, it's that someone that, that Stefanski can bounce things off of with, you know, a little bit more NFL play calling experience. Um, I don't, I, I, I agree. I don't tend to think that Stefanski is going to turn that over to him anytime soon. Um, so what his role will be is, is sort of TBD, but just again, going back to the ages here, um, you know, we mentioned Tommy Reese is 31, um, mm-hmm. Jack Cesare is 43, uh, Ken Dorsey's 42 and Deuce Staley's the old guy at 48. Um, wow. what we, what we forget is that Kevin Stefanski is still only 41. Okay. So th- this is a very young offensive group um well and Cicero on defense but you know that this team has has now i think gotten over the hurdle where we're worried about you know blowing up the the coaching staff every year and we're giving guys a chance to you know grow in their roles and with these young guys um i think it's possible that you know we can see some um, some growth some development not just with the players, but with the coaching staff 
to where we, you know, the, the, the in-game management improves and, and yeah. some of those things that we've been concerned about, right? Um, so I, I think, you know, you got all these 40-somethings together um, that give you some some real different voices in every room and, and, and I think some potential to gel together into a cohesive unit that, we can kind of get away from this, you know, fire drill offense, you know, and oh, yeah. start to start to put yeah. a, some, some kind of an identity on it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I know that he wouldn't do this anytime soon. I was trying to look up to see if Tommy Reese called, uh, called plays at um, Alabama. I'm not sure if he did that last season or not. Just curious. I have a curiosity. Yeah, I, I don't know how often he did, but yeah, yeah I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's, you know, not anything that we're going to see anytime soon, but no, um, no. yeah. And, and really, I, I don't, you know, I don't expect Kevin Stefanski to relinquish play calling, you know, throughout his career here. That's, that's what he does, right? That's what he does. Probably not. Okay. But I mean, you, you might get to a point down the road where, you know, um, he feels comfortable handing off that responsibility at times to, to somebody who's been with him for a long time. You know, um, Tommy Reese sticks around for four or five years. Um, you know, I could, I could see that developing over time, but let's face it. Head coaches get hired and fired for, for these kinds of reasons. You know, that, that they, they, Dan Campbell, you know, doesn't kick a damn field goal. Um, <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> That that's your signature, right? I mean, the, so yeah. so you know, it's it's easy to find a CEO. It's it's hard to find an NFL head coach who sticks his neck out, you know, and 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 is willing to take the the hit for being wrong sometimes, you know. So yeah, um, I'm glad that that we're we're tweaking our our coaching staffs, you know, rather than just kind of going out and throwing throwing guys together and hoping that they they can work out. I think we've got some with all of these guys they had some real specific characteristics in mind when they went out to to hire and hopefully they all can fill those roles yeah yeah and i did just look it up and i, and I understand this isn't going to factor into the browns maybe ever but tommy tommy reese did call plays for alabama and there's uh just a quote from Nick Saban about how much of a difference it made with him calling plays. So, um, uh, could be. Yes, that's high praise there. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So, just yeah, interesting. Yeah, by the way, he's only available because Nick Saban retired, right? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, definitely. I mean, hopefully we 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 get to see some of that here eventually. Yeah. Potentially could. bright young mind. Yeah, could happen. So. Uh, just, just thought we'd go over uh, some of the dates and some things that are coming up in the off-season, guys. So, uh, so the uh, the Senior Bowl is coming up this uh, this weekend. Is that um, Saturday, the fourth? That's Sunday, isn't it? I think it's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fourth yeah. is Sunday. Sunday the fourth. So, uh, so I'm. I know Jeff will be watching that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching. Yeah, taking notes, got his notepad out. Jeff will have his notepad out. Uh, Watching the film. Yeah, right. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Yeah, I will. I will try to catch that. All those guys that are going to drop to the 
you know, third, fourth, and seventh right. round. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're flipping hamburgers to McDonald's next year. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, so not, like we're, uh, not like we're looking at, the, at a top prospect in the draft in April. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, the uh, let's see, um, dates to franchise players is coming up uh, February 20th to March 5th. Um, about the uh, same time as the Combine. Um, combine in Indy is um, February 27th to March 4th. Um, and then uh, it, everybody knows kind of the order of all the how all this stuff goes. And then you've got the uh, the uh, free agent negotiating period, March 11th to 13th. Um, and then uh, I think, and then you can sign guys after that. And then um, league meetings are March 24th to March 27th. Um, are actually, they actually do pull up some trades there occasionally now. So um, Brown's off season uh, workouts, uh, First one, April 15th. Um, RFA offer sheet deadline is April 19th. I don't know. Um, I need to go through the roster to see which uh, RFAs the Browns even have. Um, Haven't gotten there yet. And then, of course, the NFL draft. Jeff already knows this is April 25th to April 27th. Um, Right. Then rookie camp will be uh, can be either May third to sixth or tenth um, to thirteenth. Can be either one of those uh, periods of time. So, um, so so what are you guys looking most forward to? I know uh, in the off season, golfing. Oh, you mean Browns related? <laughs> <laughs> Golfing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, doing something other than watching games—is that the answer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. For me, um, I think it's what we what we do to sort of retool our offensive line. Um, that to me, that's been the biggest disappointment in the past couple of seasons has been. You know, the, the wear and tear on our offensive line and, you know, the, the, we've kind of gone from an offensive line that dictates um, to the other team um, to one that doesn't. And I think we need to get back to a, a spot where, you know, our offensive line can, can dictate and we can have an effective running game when we need to have it. So, and that's going to involve some tweaks on the offensive line and, um, I think that the, probably the, the primary area of focus this off season. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you, and, and um, I mean, I, I, I think they, I think they have a good idea who one of their future tackles is going to be. I think it's um, <laughs> right. kind of figuring out who the other one's going <laughs> to be, you know. Um, and they, they have guys who can, who can be the swing tackle and you know and provide depth so it'd be interesting to see what they do there so yeah um i was i was digging out the uh the picks in the draft that the browns have and jeff i'm sure you've already 
got these memorized, but I, no, no, I, not really. <laughs> I did not. Um, I, figured you been, stick it in. I figured you've been running draft uh, simulations already. But, uh, well, yeah, for, for a couple months I have been, but the, yeah. the, the problem with that is, is you know, the, the, the timeline here is like we're just finally getting to the point where we know who's coming out and, yeah. and you know who's who's going to be ranked where and so forth. So. Um, I mean, you can say some things definitively about the draft at this point in the year, but not a lot. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do they have, do they have out what pick the Browns have, or it's probably not going to be the same. I think our first pick is going to be around 55. Around 55. 55. I think number, 55 is the number that comes to my mind. Yeah. It's number eight, eight thirteen overall, I believe. Yeah. Um, so no, the then, Browns, the Browns have, um, I, I've got it in front of me here. The Browns have their own second round pick their mm-hmm. and their own third and their own fifth. Yeah. And, so and, yeah, that, 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 that gap between the, the third round pick and the fifth round pick is like a hundred players. I mean, it is. Yeah, it's a yeah. long time before they pick again. No. Okay, so oh, um, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in that in that period. Well, um, it, it's like twenty four hours too, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's going to feel like days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then yeah. they have um, they've got they've got their own fifth round pick. They've got the the Panthers fifth round pick. Um, and then they've got two sixth round picks, um, the, the Texans and the Ravens. Um, they got their own seventh and they've got um, the Falcons seventh. So so at least they've got six um, day three picks. Yeah. For your I mean, we, we said this last year, you know, it's hard to visualize two fifths, a sixth and two sevenths making this roster in the fall. Yeah, um, right. But, but, you know, we had some UDFAs make the roster, so you, you never know. You don't um, know. Yeah. Right. But um, I, I'd be really surprised if we're, we're picking that late in the draft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can use it as a wheel and deal, maybe move up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's something there yeah. you want. Yeah. Um, I, I assume they're picking somewhere around, what, tw- uh, 20th or something, 20, low 20s. Yeah, late in those rounds. Yeah, and the, uh, and the they have the first pick in the fifth round. Is it? That would be the Panthers pick. Yeah, I'm the sure. first pick in the fifth round. So yeah, yeah. So so they'll go. Yeah, yeah. But that you know, again, that that's you know the equivalent of a late fourth. So mm-hmm. I mean, look at look at what we've done with fourth round picks in the past. Um, you know, you're going to hit a home run every now and then, but for the most part, it's going to be swinging a miss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if the Browns are going to have any, any, um, comp picks or if they've, I don't know. I, I don't think they've even awarded those yet. Have they? I think they do no. that after the season. So, right. um, yeah. so they may have some come, something coming to them. Um, yeah. Let's kind of see. Nothing sticks out. Nothing free agents out depart is. and those kinds of things. So yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, realistically, um, I think you know we look to come out of this draft with a couple of guys who can challenge 
four starting roles in maybe their second or third year with the team who are cost-controlled players that, um, you know, much like Dewan Jones, that, you know, you, you, you can move into a, a starting role within a season or two um, and, you know, have him at an, on an affordable contract, right? So you can still afford to go out and pay some of these free agents uh, that we need to fill, fill gaps here and there yeah. um, and, and pay guys like Grant Delpit and so forth. Um, but so, so the good news is, is that, you know, we, we're rebuilding the offensive line. We particularly need tackles. And, and this is a particularly deep draft with offensive tackles. Um, little more so on the right side, I think, than on the left side. I still got some work to do there, but I, I, I'm, I'm trying to separate, you know, who the real viable left tackle um, targets uh, would, would be for us. But there are some guys throughout the rounds that I think would would be good prospects for us, good potential prospects. You know, again, no mm-hmm. guarantees that these guys step in and and you know play like Dewan Jones did. Um, but at least, you know, it gives you something to, to build toward as Jed Wills goes into the last year of his contract. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, he's still got Bill, if Bill, you know, Bill Callahan can work wonders. You know, if anybody's going to be able to take an average Joe lineman and make it great, it's him. So as long as he stays here in Cleveland, doesn't leave with the sun, I, I think we'll be all right. Right. It sounds it sounds like he's going to stay. Yeah, I, I hope so. That'd be a huge loss. He, I think he likes it in Cleveland. Um, the Browns take care of him financially, um, and uh, yeah, um, the Browns like having him around. Um, yeah. I think he, I think he's worth what they pay him too. <laughs> I so, agree. So um, so yeah, I, I think if he was going to go with. Um, you know, to be on the sun staff, I, it feels like it would have happened already. Yeah. Honestly. So fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. Well, let's, let's hope, <laughs> let's hope so. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, um, there's something happening pretty much every week in the off season. There's, you know, a little bit of stuff here and there. I mean, the main things, the, Things are the combine and the draft and, and, you know, and all that. And, uh, you know, things that happen with free agency and everything. Just uh, just a lot of watching and waiting, seeing how the Browns rebuild, you know, mm-hmm. um, over the course of the offseason. Um, as we go through this, we're, we're going to spend some time going back. And, you know, I, I don't know that we'll do the grades thing, but I do like going back and looking at, players and kind of evaluating a little bit on how their season was. There's some guys that really had great seasons. Yeah. Um, and I think it's worth pointing out and it's probably worth taking a look at, you know, how likely it is we think that they'll be back and things like that. So, um, yeah. so tonight I, th- I thought we would just take a look at some of the coaches and, and just kind of, you know, give our thoughts on how we thought they did this season. Um, mm-hmm. These guys, these guys are all going to be going to be back, so it really doesn't matter what we think. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun to talk about. So, <laughs> uh, 
Um, I mean, and the first ones, uh, the first guy we'll talk about it is Kevin Stefanski. Uh, just, just how he, how he did this season, how he performed as the head coach of the Browns. So, um, so Jason, let's let you go first on this one. I mean, I, I think it's an amazing job what he's done. I, I have to admit, I wasn't a, a huge fan going into the season. I had my question marks, but I mean, the way he used to spit and bubble gum to tape this team together <laughs> after everything they went through. Uh, like I said, I, I, I thought his the majority of his in-game management was way better than it had been. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really, really glad with what he did this year. And this first, first time I'm going into the offseason excited for, for what he can do next year. And I really think whenever you saw Flacco come in, you saw what a good quarterback can do in his system that really showed, I mean, there's guys running wide open in the field. So I think it really showed that you get a good quarterback play in there and the, and the sky's the limit for this team offensively. Yeah. So Jeff, um, what would you like to add to that? Yeah, I, I think Kevin Stefanski exceeded expectations this year mm-hmm. for all the reasons that, that we've mentioned. Um, he, I think he's developing a reputation around the league as a quarterback whisperer that, you know, he can get the most out of any particular quarterback. Um, and we've seen it now with, with multiple guys. Um, I think what's most exciting for me about him is that he continues to grow in the head coaching role. This is his first head coaching gig. Um, most guys bounce around a little bit before they find success. Um, uh, by the way, I made a mistake earlier. I said Josh McDaniels. I meant to say Mike McDaniel uh, as an example oh, of, of a guy who, who <laughs> young, innovative, right, um, you know, was part of the Browns staff a few years ago. Um, but, you know, when, when we talk about um, someone like Tommy Reese growing into a role, he could, he could replicate that path. But yeah. um, I think Kevin Stefanski has shown that, you know, young coordinators – put into head coaching roles can be successful in their first go around. And I just, I really hope that, that the fans give him a little bit more patience from time to time. Mm. Um, you know, he, he's gonna still have his hiccups. Um, you know, he's, he's going to mismanage the clock. He's going to do things wrong, but <laughs> all head coaches do that. Um, I think what he's demonstrated is his his ability to field a team that that knows what the expectations are, fights for each other, and and everybody's able to maximize their individual contributions. And and really, that's what a head coach is supposed to do, in my mind. So, by far exceeded expectations in light of of all of the uh, adversity this year. Um, I feel really good about him moving forward. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys have said, and and um, I was just gonna I was gonna talk about kind of the last thing you threw in there, Jeff, fielding a team that fights for each other, and I, I think yeah. I think Stefanski deserves some of the credit for the togetherness of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it's hard to say how much you know it could be, you know it, it could be a lot of um, you know a lot of that might be 
just the group of players and some of the other coaches that were brought in too. But yeah. Kevin Kevin definitely has to have a part in that. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's just, uh, um, it's been good to see him grow. And um, I, uh, it, people just need to remember that um, if you get frustrated with, with a play call, just, just watch another game sometime. Just, just watch. Just watch. Well, watch yeah. last week's game. I mean, what Dan Campbell did. I mean, that's. I know that's how he got there, but yeah. I mean, you could easily question a lot of his his decision making. So, I mean, like you said, yeah. all coaches are going to go through that. They all do it. Um, yeah. it. It's it's real easy to question a play after it's run. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It just does. So, um, it, it's just not as easy as as what it seems like sitting in your living room or sitting at the bar <laughs> drinking a beer. Um, so, um, so yeah, you kind of got to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that, um, that, that, you know, he ran the ball when you thought he should have thrown, you know, thrown a pass right. next time he, he, he's passed when you think he should have run and you just, you don't know how the play's going to come out. So, um, right. but yeah, definitely think he does a, a pretty darn good job. So, so, uh. So let's move on to to Jim Schwartz, uh, um, a guy who was br- brought in, at, you know, last season, and uh, a guy who some people thought might end up being the head coach halfway <laughs> through the season. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So, uh, so Jeff, why don't why don't you kick this one off? Because um, I mean, Jim Schwartz, I mean. The defense was great, but but yeah, they were they were like uh, you know untouchable at home, and they were kind of average <laughs> on the road. Right. So it's kind of um, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. reconciling that a little bit. I think is um, part part of it with shorts, but you certainly have to have to love the job the defense did overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Yeah, our defense sort of disappeared in the last game. Um, Jim, Jim Schwartz ran out of magic pixie dust. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, again, all part of the growth process with, with players um, sort of a, adapting to his approach and, and finding ways to be aggressive while still being responsible, I think, is the key. And, and Hopefully in year two, we can really solidify that so that, you know, we can keep pressure on the quarterback, but without, you know, losing gap integrity, um, you know, so that we can play a lot more man coverage um, and, and, you know, not wear ourselves completely out. I think that we did a great job of, of getting off the field at home. I think on the road, yeah. we didn't mm-hmm. do as good a job of getting off the field, you know? So um, part of that ties into offensive struggles as well, you know, but um, I mean, J- Jim Schwartz did what he was brought here to do this year, which was a full reset on the defense, <laughs> a full yeah. reset. Okay. Take, take, players who you know many of them let's let's be honest in in 2022 um were taking plays off 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're not motivated. We're, um, you know, sort of going through the motions at times. And, you know, he reset that room or that, that side of the ball um, expectation wise, um, fun wise. Uh, you know, these guys were having a blast out there playing for him. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, as far as, you know, is it, is it, is it the perfect, you know, defense to win you a championship? Well, it's close. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, if, if a few other things get sorted out offensively, you know, this off, mm. this off season and, and, you know, you, you maybe address a couple of players on the defense. I, I think we have the talent and the scheme to be a number one defense in the NFL consistently, not just, you know, flash in the pan time to time. Right. Um, but consistently a number one defense. Um, and that's something to build your team around. That's, that's what Baltimore has done for years. You know, that's what the Steelers have done for years is, you know, be that dominant defense that sets the tone. And, and I think he, he instilled that mindset this year, which is no, no small task this organization so yeah I, I give him exceeds expectations even though you know i think there were there were some pretty big disappointments at times um but you know much like you know with what we've talked about within the past with jarvis landry changing culture and stuff that's a hard thing to do and i give him tons of credit for that Yeah, I think it was a, a great hire. And like you said, uh, he's, he brought accountability you know, amongst, you know, with him and amongst the that's, players. That's a great and word. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think if, I think there again, if somebody would have told you today that at certain points of the season, the national media was talking about this being the greatest defense ever, setting all kind of NFL records for defense, we would have been pretty happy with that. You know, now, like you said, there was times when, you went like, man, this defense, no one's going to score again. And then the next game, are we ever going to stop someone from scoring? You know? like, right. but, then, <laughs> but then again, you know, the, the offense put them in bad positions a lot of times because all the times they turned it over. So like you said, if you can straighten that out on the offensive side of the ball, it makes your, yeah. you know, the defensive that much easier. But I, there, I, I'm real happy with Schwartz. I cannot wait to see what he can, what he does next season. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys, um, man. Some of those games, and uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna go back to the to the 49ers game where the Browns defense just shut the 49ers yeah. down in that second half, mm-hmm. and Jim Schwartz was just on the sideline, just smiling like <laughs> yeah. like the cat who caught the canary, man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> just had it figured out. And, yeah. and that's just something we just haven't seen in Cleveland and, and all, you know, in quite a while. So, yeah. um, well, at that point, it's something the league hadn't seen ever. So, yeah. um, it, it's just, it, it's a great feeling to have a defense that can do, you know, can play anywhere near that level. So, okay. um, we, I'm with you guys. I think it's just, I think it's going to get, I think it's probably going to get better. Um, they'll, they'll retool and, um, the guys will, um, you know, the guys will be, the guys will be ready second year in, in the system, uh, for a lot of them. And, um, yeah, uh, it, it, I think it will be a lot of fun to watch. Um, we just, we saw things on defense 
this year that we've never seen. And um, that was that was as exciting as probably anything we saw on offense all season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we actually had swagger. I mean, a, a defense that in Cleveland it has we haven't seen that since the days of you know Clay Matthews and Middlefield yep. and Hanford Dixon. That you know we yeah. you know that that was that was a great identity for Cleveland. And you know hopefully that carries over to next year even more so. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think we've we've built some some real home field advantage as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. Something to carry forward. Yeah. yeah. So let's uh, let's move on to Bubba 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 <coughs> a special teams coach. Um, his first first season in Cleveland. Um, I'm just gonna I'll kick it over to you, Jeff. How do you how do you rate Bubba? Well, obviously that you know the kickers had career years. Um, and that helps, that, that helps the special teams an awful lot. Um, but I think the other thing is, is, is the personnel we had, we've, we've talked about this in the past, right? We had some <coughs> professional special teams players on the roster this year versus, you know, using draft picks and, and you know, young guys in those roles. So, um, perfect storm, I think to, to put together some really solid, special teams play, which we saw for the most part. I think I was a little disappointed that there weren't any more big plays uh, yeah. on special teams. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we didn't see any returns for touchdowns or yeah. you know, things like that. Um, you know, there were a couple of turnovers created, but it wasn't really an impactful special teams. It was more of a, um, I don't want to use the word vanilla, but it was, you know, it was maybe butter pecan. It was, you know, it was, it, it, it was well, good, but it wasn't right. like, you know, knock your socks off good, you know. It was consistent. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, I mean, the, the excitement was in was always in the kicks, whether it was a punt or a field goal. Right. Yeah. I mean, really. And, and man, it's... It, I, I never would have guessed how many times, you know, I would have gotten excited about a field goal or a punt this season. <laughs> <laughs> there were some amazing punts. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a <laughs> like, great punter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just completely flipped the field yeah, how many yeah, times yeah. this year. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, coverage was solid at times. I think, um, yeah. you know, Prochet came on toward the end of the season mm-hmm. as a returner. Um, he he struggled early on, but, um, once he got his feet under him, he came on as a returner. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd like to see us just figure out a way to, to be more impactful, just, you know, bigger returns, um, you know, take a few more chances without, you know, turning the ball over obviously, but, um, you know, just try to have some more big plays on special teams. Yeah, it, it's a little bit, um, of a different game when, when the other team fears, that you can bring one back, yeah. you know, whether it's a right. punt or, or a kickoff. I mean, it, let's face it. There are not a lot of kickoff returns for touchdowns anymore, but there are punt no. returns. No. For touchdowns. Yeah. So, right. um, yeah, it, it changes the game. Uh, um, teams, yep. teams do things a little differently when you have a return man that, that can or return man or just, you know, just your team can do it. So, so yeah, definitely. Hopefully they can, Hopefully they can figure that part out and add that to their game uh, next season. So, all right, guys, we're going to do one more, and that's uh, that's the uh, general manager, Andrew Barry. 
How would you rate his mm-hmm. performance this season? Um, I'm not sure whose turn it is. So whichever one of <laughs> you guys wants to go first on this. Go, one. go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I would like to just sort of do this as a front office and, and include um, uh, De Podesta <laughs> and, and the Haslams and so forth. Um, True. I, yeah. I think, you know, I, I think for Andrew Barry, um, you know, there aren't enough accolades to talk about what he is able to do in terms of going out and finding players um, and, and players that that fit what we're trying to do and that, that you know, we can maximize their contribution. Um, you know, you saw it at tackle, you saw it at, at quarterback, you saw it all really all throughout the roster. You know, when, when, a, when a, a need arises, uh, just Andrew Berry has this knack of, of having the next man up. Uh, available so um yeah. you know again I, i'm just I'm a, I'm a huge fan of what he does um in terms of player evaluation and uh, you know, particularly with limited assets you know i mean it's, it's easy to be the detroit lions gm when you're picking first all the time right and, and, and put a lot <laughs> yeah. put a lot of talent on the field you know they, mm-hmm. they have and you know i give a lot of credit for the, the, the drafts that they've had right but Andrew Berry's done it with mid-round and late-round picks, and uh, that's something that this, this league doesn't see very often. Um, but, you know, he has to have the support of, of, you know, the guys, the other guys in the front office to be able to do that. And, you know, to be able to go out and, and make a trade um, for Zadarius Smith, you know, the, the, that has to be on ownership. They have to be willing to take on the money and and, you know, this this organization is leading the league in cash spend. And and I don't think we give the Haslam's enough credit for that. Um, you know, we, we've we've punched them around pretty good over the last <laughs> you know multiple decade, decade and a half, probably. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, now they've they've figured out that, um, you know, that, that what their role is, their role is to, to write checks. And, and, to, and to shut their mouth and that's, and that's, and it, and that's worked. Right. So be good so, at those two things. Yeah. yeah be, be outstanding at both. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll put a, we'll put a competitive team out on the field with, with our front office. So um, yeah, I, I like the strategy that they have. I like the, the uh, approach and the, and the, the, the fact that they all uh, seem in lockstep, there's there's no individual agendas in, in the upper levels of management here. So um, something we've been searching for for a long time. And it feels really good as a Browns fan to say that, you know, after so many years of wandering in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. What would you like to add, Jason? I was just, what you were saying about the Haslam, I, I guess you could say they need a, Walk softly and carry a big checkbook. Is, and that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. one right now. So. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you kind of go, going back to with Barry, and then we were talking about you know with special teams. How many times in the past would they have, I mean, drafted a fugal kicker that obviously wasn't going to work out, and just would have kept running them out there time after time because they were not going to admit that they made a mistake. But yeah. but that didn't happen this time. They saw there was a problem. Boom, they went out, they corrected it. And it was the right move. And, and what I'm really starting to see is, and I was against a lot of the, the regime because everything, they weren't your quote, unquote, football guys. They were very intelligent guys, but did they really know the game of football? And I think we're really starting to see now 
the benefit of having such geniuses in the front office and the coaching staff. You know, these, these dudes have got it. You know, they know what they're doing, whether they're football guys or not football guys. They know what they're doing. So, and then they're going to be able to do what they did. Anyway, how many teams would have just rolled over halfway through the season when they lose their running back, quarterback, all these injuries? A lot of teams would have just rolled over and said, oh, we'll get them next year. But you know, they, they did a fantastic job getting the guys in there and keeping everyone together. Yep. It, it was just uncanny all season how, regardless of who who came in to play when somebody mm-hmm. got hurt, uh, they performed. Um, yep. Not saying there wasn't, you know, that there was never a drop-off or anything, but guys stepped up. Yep. Um, I think guys came in believing they could do it. Um, I think guys were coached up and, and it's just, the team just, I don't know. I I've never seen anything like it. Um, you know, I mean, Jeff and I've talked about it, but you know, so several years ago, this Browns team, man, if, if one of the team leaders got hurt and oh. they were done, we didn't have anybody. Yeah. And now yeah. it's like. It's like, and they, what they, how many tackles did they play this season? Like seven? Mm-hmm. It, it's unheard of mm-hmm. to make the playoffs with, with seven offensive tackles oh. playing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that goes to Andrew Barry, that goes to Stefanski, that goes to the players and the culture. You yeah. know, to the guys just saying, okay, it's me. I'm going to go out there and, and bust my tail, and I, I know I can do it. The team needs me. Um, it's just something else. And I just, uh, um, I mean, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't, but I just hope that, that they just can keep that togetherness going. Um, I think Stefanski's capable of that. And I think a lot of the guys are going to carry that forward too. I agree. So let's, uh, we've been talking a while guys. Let's get some, (laughs) let's get some closing thoughts here. Okay. And, um, Jason, everybody can uh, find you on Twitter at Carruthers Jason. And yes, sir. Is there anything else you'd like to uh, to shout out, or anything else you're involved in you want to talk about? I I just uh, I guess in honor of last week being the uh, 40th anniversary of Hulkamania, I'd just like to say, what you going to do, NFL? Next year, when Cleveland Browns Madness and Tons of Fun Mania runs wild all over you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's, that's as intelligent as I can get. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, it's, it's been great having you tonight. Um, oh, it was my privilege. Uh, Je- Jeff, closing thoughts tonight? I, I don't even think I can follow that, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll just call it a night. Sounds good. This has been the Browns Blitz. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Yeah.